Thanks for listening to this week's message from the Church at Network. Find out more about our community and who we are at churchatnetwork.org. Well, um, it's been a while since I've been up here. And I, for those of you who don't know, I like to tell jokes to start out. So we're going to get a little joke to get it going here. So a little girl dressed in her Sunday best was running as fast as she could, trying not to be late for a Bible class. As she ran, she prayed, Dear Lord, dear Lord, please don't let me be late. Dear Lord, dear Lord, please don't let me be late. And she was running and running and praying, and then she tripped on a curb and fell, getting her clothes dirty and tearing her dress. She got up, brushed herself off, and started running again. As she ran, she once again began to pray. Dear Lord, dear Lord, please don't let me be late, but please don't shove me either. (laughs) (laughs) So, joke to open up. So, how many, uh, raise your hand if you don't know what a prayer is. A prayer. Does everybody know what a prayer is? Has everybody here prayed? Raise your hand if you have not prayed in your life once. All right, worship. Does everybody know what worship is? Anybody not know what worship is? Okay, well, I'm going to go ahead and close. We're going to eat. Is the pizza ready yet? I mean, we can... No, uh, you can never hear too much about that. In my opinion, you can never hear too much about these biblical foundation, basic things in the Christian life, right? Prayer and worship, what do they mean? You know, how can I put it in my context? Uh, Hopefully something you'll glean, something different from this evening. It's not the same old boring stuff you've heard before, but looking at prayer and worship from different aspects. And um, we are actually going to get into, I like interaction, so we're going to do some learning and then put it into action right away, right? That's the best way, teachers. You learn something and have your students get right into it, right? All right. So what's that? Oh, true. How crazy it is. But you seem to retain something, right? You retain, you retain something if you get to exercise it right away. All right. Um, so I'll pray to open us up. How about that? So Heavenly Father, I thank you for this evening. Um, I thank you for this family gathered here together. Just your presence residing with us and in us. And I just ask you uh, would highlight new things to us this evening as we study your word together, as we study these sermons, uh, prayer and worship, what it means. Um, and so we thank you for... Uh, that, we lift your holy name, in Jesus' name I pray, amen. All right. So when I started thinking about prayer, I started thinking about, okay, what's my earliest memory of prayer, right? Kind of went like, now I lay me down to sleep, pray the Lord my soul to keep, right? Has anybody pray that when they were little? Right? That was like my earliest memory of, you know, you get your mom or your dad by your bedside and you pray that prayer, which is kind of a creepy prayer when you think about it, Right? Now I lay me down to sleep, I pray the Lord my soul to keep. If I die before I wake, I pray the Lord my soul to take. So it's kind of like weird when you reflect on it, but that was kind of my early thing. But prayer is just simply, in the simplest terms, is communication with God, right? It's opening up yourself and talking with God. It's not a uh, nothing, there's no formal outline, there's no this, then this, and you got to wrap it up with this, and don't forget the conclusion clause and the opening paragraph, and, you know, tying everything together. It's just your simple pouring out your heart communication with God. Um, It's an evolving means of interacting with God, most frequently through a spontaneous, individual, unorganized form of petitioning or thanking. So you, uh, you can lay your request before God. You can also thank Him, right? 
Uh, you can do uh, corporate prayer, right? There's individual prayers, prayer times, prayer closets, all kinds of different things um, laid out in our lives of, of how we can communicate with God. You know, maybe short as God help, right? Short prayer. God help me, please. Uh, or it can, you can uh, spend time an hour in the morning just sitting with him, resting with him. Um, and I don't know about you, but when I, when I get into prayer mode, you just start, start off by thanking him right away. Thank you for this. Thank you for this. Any problems that you have seem to kind of like get lower and, and smaller, right? When you start declaring who he is and thanking him for your health, thanking him for your marriage. Thank you for this car. Thank you for the house. Thank you for um, my dog. Thank you for my job I get to go to. Thank you for my friends. Thank you for my family. Thank you for and you just like, oh, wow. Well, well, you know, life's, I've got quite a bit. I don't have much to complain about at the end of the day. You start going through that. Uh, and prayer was constantly happening throughout Jesus's life and ministry. Uh, the Bible urges us to pray constantly, found in 1 Thessalonians 5, 17. It talks about pray without ending, pray without ceasing, pray continuously. Um, so we strive for a lifestyle prayer over all things at all times for all reasons. We have assurances that God hears and responds to our prayers. John 16, 23. Constant prayer keeps us in a mindset and posture of reverence and worship towards God. So it's, it's the positioning of our heart. So John 16, 23 says this. Uh, in that day, you will no longer ask me anything. Very truly, I tell you, my Father, I will give you whatever you ask in my name. Until now, you have not asked for anything in my name. Asking you will receive and your joy will be complete. Um, so it's just talking about asking um, the Lord, going to the Lord in prayer, talking to the Lord um, about these things. And so I started looking up, uh, you know, things about prayer in the Bible as I was doing research for this talk. And it said, um, one thing I looked up was how many times is prayer mentioned in the Bible, right? And uh, does anybody have any guess? Any kind of should I want to guess at that? What did we say? 200, 300? 1,000? A little high? 300 is a little low? Good. 650 prayers are listed in the Bible, is what it says. 650. You can go through and list them all. They have a link you can list, and you can go through all 650 of those prayers if you want in your spare time. Um, and it says there are approximately 450 recorded answers to prayer in the Bible as well, which is even more exciting, right? 450 documented answers to prayer. Now, that, those two don't automatically tie into each other, but they do a lot. So um, God does answer prayer. All right, it's in the Bible, 450 times. If you need, if you need, if you have a question, is God hearing my prayers? Is he going to answer my prayers? He does, all right? The first time prayer is mentioned in the Bible is? Close. I think, I think there was another, let me see. Genesis, it says Genesis 4, 26. So it's at the end of Genesis 4, it says, in that time people began to call on the name of the Lord, is what this Google search said. So, um, so it was during the Adam and Eve time, wrapping up that period, but that's, that's what it says, um, according to this search, was the first time they did. 
Um, earlier, it says earlier dialogues were initiated directly by God to Adam and Eve. And so, um, but yes. And the Bible records Jesus praying 25 different times during his earthly ministry. In the Bible, Paul mentions prayer, prayer reports, prayer requests, exhortations to pray 41 times. So Paul's all about that too, hammering it throughout his, his writings and his teachings. 41 times he's talking about prayer, prayer reports, prayer requests, or exhortations to prayer. Um, and then the Bible also talks about uh, specific postures for praying, right? Sitting, standing, kneeling, with one's face to the ground, and with one with hands lifted high. So there's different aspects the Bible mentions about postures to get in to, to, uh, to pray. Not that you have to do any of those, but those are some of the th things mentioned in the Bible um, as well. And then um, famous verse, many of you might know, Luke 11. Anybody know Luke 11 offhand? Luke 11, one. Jesus, yeah, Jesus teaching them how to pray, right? Luke 11, one. So one day Jesus was praying in a certain place, and when he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, just as John taught his disciples. And he said to them, when you pray, say, and it goes into the, what we know as our Father, the prayer, right? And so, again, he's, he's setting up a template here. He's not necessarily pray this prayer every time you pray, exactly how I'm saying it, but he's setting up a template. And it's really cool how he does it. So the first thing is, is what? Our Father, right? Right off the bat, our Father. It's not, hey, superpower, hey, uh, unknown entity, hey, far off, distant God, hey, off, hey mighty being estranged from me. But he sets the tone right off, right, in his prayer. So he's teaching them how to pray. Right off the bat, he's like, our father. It's my father, but it's our father. He's including, he's including everybody. He's including all of us, right? He's not singling out my father or distant God. He's, he's talking about a really close relationship right off the bat, our father. And then he, he kicks it in the next gear, right? Hallowed be thy name. Putting the Lord, exalting the Lord where he needs to be, right? high above everything else. Um, so he's, 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 the relationship is there, and then the, the status is there, like you're exalted, hallowed be your name, holy be your name, you're holy, holy, holy. Um, and so uh, he provides a focus um, of our lasting glory. Um, and then he goes into your kingdom come, your will be done, right? As earth as it is in heaven. So then he is establishing um, that relationship of the kingdom now. The kingdom is here now. We can, we can access the heavenly realms. We can pour out, we want your will done as it is in heaven. We want to see you come. We want to see your glory come. We want to see healing take place. We want to see um, lives restored. We want to see um, people touched. We want to see people exalting your name. We want the same connection to be there. And then it's give us, a, give us each our daily bread. 
Which brings us, draws us back to that focus of here and now being present with the Lord. Like, give me my daily bread. I'm not going to worry about tomorrow or next week or next month or next year, but I'm going to sit and I'm going to thank you. You know, give me my daily bread that I need to sustain myself today, my portion. And I'm going to focus on that. And I, I want to thank you for that. And I want to just be present and not worry about how what's going to happen tomorrow or the next day. Just like, thank you for today. Give me my daily bread. Give me what I need to nourishment for this day. And then uh, he goes into forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin have sinned against us. Again, asking and repenting, right? Having a repentant heart towards him. Lord, I am sorry. Forgive me for my wrongdoings, Lord, and, and uh, restore, restore me uh, and cleanse me. And then having that relationship with a fellow man, for, you know, help me to, to receive that forgiveness and not only just internalize that, but to do that to my fellow relationship again, to my people around me. So um, it's, it's such an incredible prayer. And if you ever are stuck in praying, just go through this prayer step by step. And it's just, it's so good. There's so much meat into it. And then wraps up, you know, lead us out into temptation, delivers from evil. So help me in my walk. I need you here. I need your presence. I need your spirit to help me throughout this day to resist the temptation, to res- resist the evil that's going to come my way. Um, you're my, you're my, not only my, my provider, but your helper, my guide. So I need you in that. So um, just a great reminder of, of focusing on, on prayer, uh, on kind of a, an outline through this uh, father. So this is, if Jesus said this is how you should pray, I think it's pretty important, right? It's, it should, should be um, be studied and, and, and gone through um, pretty pretty uh, as a pretty good outline of a focus on what to do uh, when praying. Uh, right, um, and then um, the next point I I looked up said the Bible lists at least nine main types of prayer: um, prayer of faith, prayer of agreement or corporate prayer, prayer of requests or petitions, supplication, prayer of thanksgiving prayer of worship, prayer of consecration, also known as dedication, prayer of intercession, uh, prayer of appreciation, and praying in the Spirit. So there's uh, nine different main types of, and again, each one of those we could break out and study um, on, and focus on those as well, but different types of prayer. Um, again, if you want to do a study on that um, in more in depth of focusing on maybe picking out one of these and focusing on it uh, for that day or, you know, um, highlighting one of these things. I, I'm going to focus just on Thanksgiving today or a corporate prayer. I'm going to get with a couple of people and we're going to pray together about uh, our neighborhood or our church or our family or, or um, co-workers or whatever it may be, just getting together corporately. So um, um, good, another good, good thing to do um, in prayer along the lines of praying and prayer. Uh, and the word amen, which means let it be, so it be verily or truly, makes its first appearance in the Bible in Numbers 5.22. In that passage, God commands us to be said, is to be said by a person who is yielding to his examination. All right, so let's quickly just kind of overview of prayer. So um, now it comes to practice, right? All right. So for the sake of time, if we could pair up in twos, Compliment someone, hey, I like your hairstyle, I like your outfit, how can I pray for you? Just say a quick hello to somebody greeting, that you, um, and then just sw- exchange prayer and just pray for each other, all right? Um, again, it can be, it's, there's no right or wrong, there's no 
outline you had to form, just talk to God, just ask somebody how, hey, how, what's the one thing I can pray for you about? And then pray for him. And then we'll spend that five minutes on that real quick. And then we'll come right back. All right. We'll go into, we'll go into worship. All right. Hopefully everybody had time to uh, pray for somebody. Quickly look at worship here as well. Um, so, when I type worship into the Google search, it came back with 693 million hits. So, 600, just worship, just the word worship, 693 million results. So, I tried to narrow it. So, I typed in Christian worship, and it came back with only 602 million hits results. Um, so there's a lot out there about worship and Christian worship and what worship is and, you know, top 10 worship songs with your coffee and top 20 worship songs on your way to work and Sunday morning worship and, you know, worship with no words and, you know, just all these different things are in there. So you can have a field day on worship, right? So we're going to try to narrow it a little bit here for our context and talk about um, the concept of worship. So... Um, First time worship comes about, any guesses? It's kind of tricky. Okay. Okay. Yes. Yes. And then an art. <laughs> yes, Angel. Right. Yes. So around that time, so earthly. Earthly, you know, heavens is okay, yes. But uh, earthly, so one creation, right? At creation, when God created things, you know, the Bible talks about all of creation and worships him, right? So even before man and woman were created, all of creation was calling his name. So it talks about the stars and the sun and the heavens declaring his name and talks about all you know, animals and creatures of the sea declaring his name. So yes, so we can date it back to creation approximately 4,000 B.C., uh, um, The first mention of music in the Bible is found in um, Genesis 4.20, and it talks about Jubal, who was the father of all those who play lyre and pipe. So again, that's early on. They date that about 3850 B.C. And then the first mention of worship is, I think Dave hit on it earlier, um, Abraham was told by God to sacrifice his only son Isaac. And Abraham was obedient to God, and he prepared his son to be sacrificed and then worship God. So that's the first of the word worship showing up in, in the Bible. And it's interesting that it, it connects sacrifice and worship together. Uh, again, that's for another, another time, but can go through all that. But, um, so worship is a response to God. It's a lifestyle of giving God honor, praise, and reverence to God for who he is and what he, he's done. And it goes far beyond the worship service, right, far beyond these walls. Um, so it's not a great song that you hear. It's not a, um, a relaxing song. Those things may put you in the mood, um, but that's not really what worship is, right? Um, worship is not the amount you place in the offering basket. It's not volunteering in kids' church. Yes, these may be acts of ex or expressions of worship, but they do not define what true worship really is. So you can do those things without worshiping, right? You can be like, here, take my dang $10, all right? Or I got to watch this snotty nose little kid in the back. I mean, you, so you can have, you can have, you can do these things, but that's not really worship, right? True worship 
is defined by the priority we place on who God is in our lives and where God is in our priorities. True worship is a matter of the heart expressed through a lifestyle of holiness. So it's a surrender of your heart, right? To say, um, I lay down my life, my thoughts, uh, what I want to do, and I, I acknowledge you uh, as the creator and myself as a creation. And I want to just give thanks to you. I want to worship you. Um, I want to give, I want to submit my heart to you with passion and, and to, to worship you for who you are. Um, and so we worship God for who he is, period. So it's not like, oh, I feel good because God blessed me today, so I'm going to worship him. Or, you know, it's not, it's not an if-and thing. It's like if God never um, showed up in your life ever again, any miracle, any kind of blessing, would you still simply at the simplest terms worship God for who he is um, as the creator, as the Lord over all, as the almighty? Um, so it's a surrender of the heart. It's, it's uh, more than just music. It's more than just Sunday service or singing songs with your eyes closed or raising your hands. Um, music affects our emotions and lyrics can swell our hearts, causing us to become lost in the experience. The Christian praise and worship music is, is a great tool for helping us feel closer to God. But again, it's not, uh, worship. It's not what worship is. Um, Christian worship begins with discovering and admitting that we have been worshiping what we have been worshiping in our lives. So all of us worship something, right? We can worship uh, social media. We can worship uh, the Rockets. We can worship the Texans or Cowboys. We can worship idolized uh, actors or, or musicians or, or anything like that. We can find ourselves idolizing our car, not wanting to get scratched or dent. Um, we can put all kinds of things um, in our lives where we can worship and not, maybe not even know it um, and, and really turn our hearts um, and submit, you know, and that be our focus rather than who God is. Um, so we really want to um, focus on who he is. So I'm going to quickly go through a few passages um, talking about worship. Um, and there's an interesting one. Um, in John 4, and this is a, this may be a familiar passage to some, but this is the one about the woman in the well, right? Um, so now Jesus learned that the Pharisees had heard that he was gaining and baptizing more disciples than John. Although in fact, it was not Jesus who baptized, but his disciples. So he left Judea and went uh, back once more to Galilee. And on his way back, he, he, he runs to the woman at the well, the Samaritan woman. And they start up the conversation at the well. Um, he says, when a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, will you give me a drink? For his disciples had gone into town to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, you are a Jew and I am from Samaria. I'm a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? For Jews do not associate with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that you asked for a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. Sir, the woman said, you have nothing to draw with, draw with and the well is quite deep. Where can we get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob who gave us the well who drank for himself as did also his sons and his livestock? Jesus answered, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks the water, I will give them, I will give them will never thirst. 
Indeed, the water I give them will become in the and then a spring of water, water welling up to eternal life. And then this is where it starts to get interesting. The woman said to him, uh, Sir, give me uh, this water so that I won't go thirsty and have to keep coming back to draw water. And he tells her, Go call your husband and come back. She's like, ah, I have no husband. Nice try. And Jesus says to her, you are right when you say you have no husband. The fact is that you have five husbands, and the man you now have is not your husband. What you, what you, have, what you have just said is quite true. Okay, so then she's like, okay, um, sir, I can see you're a prophet. <laughs> Our ancestors worshipped on this mountain, but you Jews claim that the place where we must worship is in Jerusalem. So she starts to try to get off the subject a little bit. And he says to him, this is the, the, the passage, Woman, believe me, a time is coming when you will worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You Samaritans worship what you do not know. We worship what we do know, for salvation is from the Jews. Yet a time is coming and has now come when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. God is spirit, and his worshipers must worship in the spirit and the truth. All right, so a couple things stand out. Uh, here's, is he talks about you no longer need, he's talking about like you need to no longer need to go to a certain place to worship. Like worship is now, come, you can just worship where you are. You no longer need to go to a mountain. You no longer need to go to a certain uh, tabernacle or a place, a certain city to do it. You can worship. He's talking about a new form of worship. Worship where you are. And then he talks about um, being worshipers of spirit and truth. So first, that being led by the spirit, that is internal guiding in you, that it's, it's, God is not a physical being, right? He's not something, you, an idol you can go up and worship, but it, he's, he's a spirit, he's spirit. And so your spirit needs to connect with his. And so he's talking about this new way to connect with God outside of physical stuff, but the spirit. And then he says also truth, meaning as we worship, we need to worship God for who he is and not what we think he is or what somebody else says he is, right? You can't say, well, God, if you hear my prayers, um, I'm going to worship you, and I thank you for for uh, not being angry at me today, not killing me today. But really, like, what does the Bible say? You know, he's my father. He hears my prayers. I celebrate who he is. I declare who he is in our worship and our songs, right? We declare, like, the heavens call your name. Holy, holy, holy are you, Lord. Start to start speaking truth out rather than... and on things that we don't know about or misconcepts we have about God always being angry at us and, and always trying to chase us down and, and want to catch us in traps and stuff like that. And, but really, when we worship, we need to do it from in here, in our heart, in our spirit, and, and through truth, through what who he is, and just declare those things out outright and not... Um, from, uh, you know, they always battled the different concepts at the time of what was going on the different idols and different religions and temples and goddesses and goddesses, but really be a true worshiper of, of spirit and truth. Um, so uh, the other uh, passage I want to look at real quick is Romans 12. Romans 12. 
1 and 2, and it's Romans 12 says this, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. And so there's a connection here about, again, about us needing to renew our mind about how we live our lives and how God is in that living as, be a living sacrifice, a a constant renewing. So it's not a a stale, stagnant thing, but it's a constant renewal of our mind, a constant going back to him and declaring who he is and worship him. Um, This is the true and proper worship. It says that's holy and pleasing, that we, we deny ourselves, that we sacrifice our will and our desire and our fleshly uh, desires that we want to do things and really concentrate on him and have a, a renewed, steadfast mind that is constantly being renewed of how good he is and, and he's always there and he's always faithful and declaring those things um, as, we, as we go about our day, both uh, praying without ceasing and worshiping as well, just to constantly be in our mind. So it's like a habit. Like it's second nature to us, kind of like Christ was. Um, he didn't have to think he was just one with the Father. And so um, in conclusion, I wanted to wrap up with a short video. Um, it's uh, by Louis Giglio. Some of you guys may know who Louis Giglio is. He uh, did a tour called The Indescribable Tour. And on that tour, he talked a lot about uh, the stars in the heavens and how, and he takes it from a macro concept all the way to a micro concept, all the way down to like, he knows who you are, your thoughts and your beings, yet he created a universe that's ever expanding in in infinite ways. And so um, uh, this is quickly just, it's a nine minute kind of edited version. You can go on YouTube and watch the full thing. But it talks about, it's interesting, uh, we talked on Friday night, the song came up, um, and it's in this video in our prayer time about how great God is. And so um, it kind of jumps right in with him talking about stars, but it's really cool how he, he, how um, the songs we talked about today um, declare his name, that all of nature declares his name. So this, this video is along that line, and it's kind of in context of um, Psalm 148. I'm going to read that real quick. So Psalm 148 uh, says this, Praise the Lord from the heavens. Praise him in the heights above. Praise him, praise him, all his angels. Praise him, all his heavenly hosts. Praise him, sun and moon. Praise him, all you shining stars. Praise him, you highest heavens and you waters above the skies. Let them praise the name of the Lord. For at his command we were created, and he established them forever and ever. He issued a decree that will never pass away. So, you know, it's just, again, this full, like, declaring who he is and how great he is. I love David. Uh, Praise the Lord from earth, you great sea creatures in all ocean depths, lightning and hail, snow and clouds, stormy winds that do his bidding, your mountains and all hills, fruit trees and all cedars, wild animals and all cattle, small creatures and flying birds, kings of the earth and all nations, you princes and all you rulers on earth, young men and women, old men and children. Let them praise the name of the Lord, for his name alone is exalted. His splendor is above the earth and the heavens. Just an incredible just declar- declar- declaration, right? About, you know, 
Prayer and worship is never about us. It's nothing for us. God doesn't need our prayers. He doesn't need our worship. He is who he is. And the rocks will cry out. You know, the, these, the stars, the sun, the moon, everything in nature will cry out and declare his glory um, if it's not for, you know, even if we, we failed to do that ourselves. And so we're going to watch the video. Um, and then it's going to lead into a, a worship song so we can worship. And we're all going to, at that time, communion will be open. So it's kind of a response time at the end. So feel free uh, as we start to worship in that last song. If you'd like to come up and partake in communion, um, it, it'll be here available. And so I hope you enjoy this song and this video. Um, so again, it, it, he's going to jump right in. But if you guys want to watch the full video, it's there. But he starts talking about stars right off the bat. So moon and praise him all you shining stars that's not just a poetic idea that's really happening because stars don't just shine stars also sing let me just show you a couple more stars this one is called the vela pulsar and it's magnificent it's a thousand light years away it's a highly magnetized neutron star right <laughs> it simply means this star exploded into a supernova, and in the case of the Vela Pulsar, it collapsed back on itself in a magnetic entity, and as the pulsar, it began oscillating on its axis. This one oscillates 11 times a second on its axis. And as it is oscillating, you can see what's happening. It's shooting a radio frequency out of itself. When they aimed the radio telescopes at the Vela Pulsar, this is what they heard. And this is what this guy does 24-7, day and night, 365 days a year. This is what, from a thousand light years away, the Vela Pulsar sounds like right now. This is it. Listen to this. Now, I, I don't know about you, but I, that blew me away. I'm thinking, wow, this is incredible. You're like, well, what does it mean? I don't know. Is that some kind of Morse code for something? Or what, what, what does all that mean? I don't know what it means, but, and I don't want to you know, go too crazy here, but maybe the Vela Pulsar got wind somehow innately of Psalm 148, verse 3, and says, it says, praise him, sun and moon, and all you shining stars. We're a shining star. We should praise him. Well, how are we going to praise him? I know. Let's oscillate 11 times a second on our axis and see if we can send a radio signal into the universe that would join in the symphony of God's praise from all creation. It's singing. The stars are singing to him. I recently stumbled on 47 Tuck. It's a, a beautiful uh, cluster of stars. We'll show you the picture of it here. There are 12 of these super giant blue stars in there, but the things that are of interest to us tonight are these millisecond pulsars. And right now tonight, while we're sitting in this room, the 16 recorded millisecond pulsars and 47 tuck are making this sound right now.
that beautiful? Who knew? You know, God has his own string section. He's that beautiful. And we just looked at one 11 times a second pulsar and 16 millisecond pulsars, and you start seeing Psalm 48 come to life. But look down at verse 7. It says, Praise the Lord from the earth, you great sea creatures in all deeps. The, the whale songs could sound like this right here. Take a listen. We don't know the expanse of the worship that is continually surrounding the throne of God. And our songs are great, but God isn't banking on our songs because he is surrounded by a symphony that's bigger than our wildest dreams tonight. Stars sing and whales sing and the birds fly. And I just tried to imagine what would it sound like if you could just for a second be God and hear what he hears. And I can't get us there tonight, but I, I came close. I had a friend who helped me with this little iPad program. And, and I'm not a DJ, but I, I just a little thing, just quickly, and I, I want you to see how this works. Now, this guy, we didn't look at his picture. He's PSR BO329-54. And he's only rotating one and a half times per second, which is not all that much, but we need him in our little experiment we're going to do here, okay? Um, and then we had the Vela Pulsar. You remember the Vela Pulsar, right? So that's that guy. That's a little too fast for what we're trying to do, so we're going to slow that down, okay? And so we're going to put the, uh, the millisecond guys in there, the ones you just heard. Here they come. This is what they might be singing. You with me? 
you and the whales. It's you and the whales.